everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined by my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, over the weekend, the Packers got their 2021 preseason underway, a 26-7 loss to the Houston Texans. But it wasn't about the final score necessarily, as it never really is in the preseason. First and foremost, this game was Let's about Let's do the Jordan Baltimore Love. Ravens, by the well, way. Well, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens, who are now on a <laughs> five- or six-year winning streak in the uh, in the preseason. But that aside, yeah. this game, first and foremost, was about quarterback Jordan Love. Um, we talked about it all last week. A lot of anticipation, a big spotlight on the young man Saturday night at Lambeau Field. What would you think? Yeah, I thought it was a good performance, not a great performance. Yep. You know, Jordan Love, I think there were some moments there, as, as Matt LaFleur talked about, letting it rip a little bit more. You know, there's a couple times, and we've seen that in practice too. Somebody asked me this in Insider Inbox. I'm in the middle of answering it, you know, about how much surprises you from what you see in the preseason games as opposed to what you see in practice. And certainly that does ha- – <clears throat> it does happen. Sure. But a lot of times – I think the preseason is a continuation of what you've been seeing for the past few weeks. And really, that's been the story for Jordan Love so far. It's an extremely talented 22-year-old man that can really throw a football. And it's just been a matter of finding those moments when he's in a rhythm and building on those. Because I'll tell you what, when he gets into that run and he can you know, kind of string together some passes, it looks the way it's supposed to look. Right. But it's making sure that you can stay on that trend. It's the hardest position to play in all sports. I will say that forever just because of all the variables the fact that there's 11 players on the other side of the field any movement that they make changes those variables so for love it's it's about trying to make sure that he can stay up on that playing within himself as Matt LaFleur kept saying trusting his footwork trusting what he's seeing playing instinctively but all things considered it's still 21 or excuse me 12 of 17 for 122 yards and a touchdown 110 passer rating a good first step for Jordan Love yeah absolutely he it took a little bit to get going the first two possessions were three and outs the Packers were not running the ball with any effectiveness which we'll get to a little bit later on here as well but then drive number three third and nine a really nice pass, good route, good catch, all that over the middle to Jay Sternberger. And that kind of jump-started Jordan Love. It got him going. Then all of a sudden it was boom, 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 hitting some passes um, you know, in succession there. And then after the quarter, bla- quarter break, excuse me, flipping directions, going the other way, the screen pass to Kylan Hill, the rookie seventh-round pick out of Mississippi State, and uh, gets a couple of good blocks from his lineman out there and takes it in for a touchdown so the Packers get on the board there at that moment I think obviously there are a couple of plays that Jordan Love would like to have back probably more than any other the fourth and two where Matt LaFleur says okay you're staying out there we're going for it and then whatever the play action keeper that was called Love turned the wrong way when he took the snap so the whole play action, whatever it was supposed to be, didn't develop. And he kind of ended up just having to, you know, throw it up there and and hope hope that Devin Funches could come down with it. Those are the kind of things like, yeah, it's a mental mental mistake. And it's unfortunate. But again, that's that's just another thing for him to learn from because that's happened to every quarterback who's ever been out there. And, hey, if it's going to happen, it might as well happen in a preseason game. Absolutely. And those are just the reps that you have to take, the moments you have to learn from, and and really make sure they don't happen again. 
I don't really read too much into those. You've seen all the young quarterbacks, so you can go back and watch Aaron Rodgers' film in 2005 from his first preseason. The bigger thing for me is seeing the game continually slow down for Jordan Love and wanting to see that continue to happen because the less that a quarterback has to think about what they're doing, the more that you're going to see those results really come to them. And, you know, some of the throws he did make in this game, as we've seen in practice, you know, he has a world-class arm. It's what made him a first-round pick. Yep. The fact that he has that type of ability, you know, I think as time we get kind of away from his, you know, his last season at Utah State, you see the fact that Utah State still hasn't really had anyone drafted since Jordan Love. You start to understand maybe why he did certain things his last year that some people perceived as a step back. He has all the ability of the world. He is a guy that I think you can see players rally around. It's a different type of confidence than Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's not a huge extroverted, you know, kind of guy in there, you know, kind of boisterous, but he still commands the huddle. And listen to Kylan Hill talk about that and some of these offensive players. There is a, a steadiness with Jordan Love that you really like. It's just that once that whistle blows and once that ball is snapped, seeing things move a little bit faster for him. He did suffer the shoulder injury before. Uh, halftime he was not practicing on Monday Matt LaFleur left the door open for him to potentially still practice this week maybe play against the Jets if he can get these last two preseason games I think that'll be really beneficial for him now down the line as he develops yeah we'll be following uh the health reports on love with regard to these joint practices with New York the preseason game coming up Really unfortunate because Matt LaFleur was using his timeouts at the end of the first <laughs> half trying to set everything up so that Jordan Love could have a two-minute drill there at the end of the first half and ends up with only, I think it was 53 seconds on the clock. And then the very first play, unfortunately, from the blind side, he doesn't see the guy coming, gets his arm raked, the ball comes out. Um, there's a there's a fumble there. Matt LaFleur initially sort of said Love maybe took too deep of a drop there. Then after reviewing the film, really kind of absolved him and said, yeah. you know, there, there really wasn't anything uh, differently that that Love could have or should have done there. But, you know, a little bit of a tweak to the shoulder. So they held him out. He did not play in the second half and he did not practice on Monday. So um, but by all accounts, optimistic that uh, that he's going to be back in fairly short order here. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any real long-term concerns there at all. It's more about how quick these timelines are. I remember thinking back to, I think it happened with Brett Hundley a little bit too during his time in Green Bay. When you get hurt during the preseason and miss those opportunities, yeah. those are such huge reps for guys to be able to take. So certainly the Packers want to get him back sooner than later. Kirk Benkert was able to get the entire second half, the second-year quarterback that actually spent a number of years on the practice squad with the Atlanta. He had an opportunity to get out there. I thought you saw him throw the ball. He's definitely fearless back there. Had a couple errors, though, that they're going to want to try to clean up. But uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play in the preseason, for the most part. That's what Matt LaFleur sort of hinted at. So if it's not love on Saturday, it'll be a lot of Ben Kurt, and potentially, as they said, they'll work out some quarterbacks this week and, and see if there's another guy they need to add. Yeah, it'll be a, a situation to follow as – the week goes along. We'll get to some other positions here as well, Wes. But first, Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7-365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Not tried the sub in the bowl yet. That might be one you All have right. to break in for us. Okay, maybe I'll have to provide a report Yeah, uh, later on this season when I, I get that opportunity. I heard a lot of good things about the cheese curds, too. 
So I know you're not a fan of cheese, but but only raw cheese. Oh, the like fried. You cheese like I you like do. fried cheese. Though. Yeah. Okay. I just don't want right. raw cheese. Well, that's, see, I learned something new about you every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we mentioned Kylan Hill. He gets the Packers touchdown on the screen pass. Not a whole lot to really be able to see other than that with regard to the three running backs. We talked a lot about that battle for the number three running back job. Hill, Patrick Taylor, Dexter Williams. Dexter Williams with some nice carries late in the fourth quarter when he got in there. But uh, but on balance, um, the coaching staff from Matt LaFleur to Nathaniel Hackett to Adam Stenovich, offensive line coach and run game coordinator, not happy with uh, with the Packers' inability to run the football. And, uh, you know, really, they talked about it not not being mental errors and, and whatnot up front, just uh, a, a little bit of a lack of intensity, not carrying over the techniques and the things that they're being taught. They, You know, Matt LaFleur said it after Saturday night's game, the, the Texans won the battle in the trenches. And one reaction to that, now nobody's blaming any specific individual, but one reaction to that now is... The three-headed competition for the two guard spots now has become a four-headed competition because in Monday's practice, rookie fourth-round draft pick from Ole Miss, Royce Newman, was worked into that rotation that also includes Ben Braden, Lucas Patrick, and John Runyon. So another guy, another young guy in the mix here, Wes, for a, for a starting guard spot with Elton Jenkins filling in for David Bakhtiari at left tackle. Uh, Packers are going to see what they what they have in this young man. Take a little bit of a story, trip down memory lane, if you will. Packers are their offensive line position. It tends to be an older position, a position where the experience kind of sometimes weighs out. And there's two episodes that kind of always ring true to my mind. Obviously, we always talk about the Corey Lindsley story, the fact that this is a guy that took the two reps the entire training camp, all the preseason. J.C. Treader ends up suffering, I believe it was the knee injury, Corey's suddenly the starter. Boom, here you go. Welcome to the NFL. The other one, and we talked so much about David Bakhtiari going to left tackle when Brian Balaga got injured at Family Night Scrimmage back in 2013. Right. But what we very rarely talk about was in that game, or in that scrimmage, excuse me, that practice at Lambeau Field, was the first time Bakhtiari was actually starting to take starting reps. They actually started working him at right tackle. My point being with the story is there comes a time during every training camp where the rookies, sometimes you do take the wheels off a little bit and see how they function. Can they go out and swim a little bit in some deeper water? That was this day for Newman. Uh, The fact that the Packers threw him in there at right guard, they used Braden at left guard. They did that, I believe, for two or three plays. And then with the ones yet, it wasn't like they switched over to the twos. With the ones then taking a look at Runyon at left guard and back to Lucas Patrick, who was the starter there last season. Yes, and, and Runyon and Patrick were the starters on Saturday night Correct. in the preseason game. So they are casting a wide net here. And yep. listening to Matt LaFleur talk about this, and in his credit, you know, Adam Stenovich was right out in front of it too, Ben Sermons. Everybody wants to run the ball better. But Matt LaFleur really laid it down. And, and even when he was talking about the joint practices this week with the Jets, Mike, one of the things he said is he wants to see how these guards handle – a different team yeah. in these practice settings. So for Royce Newman, a guy that's been so multiple, has played all these different positions, even joked about you know some of the time he'd spent at tight end you know in the past, this is a big moment for him. And it's a big moment for all those guys because 
they're, as I said to you all along, Mike, I'm pretty confident throughout the course of the year they're going to need most of those guards, most of those offensive linemen to navigate the whole season. Whoever ends up at left and right guard, with a few exceptions, that's usually not the way it ends by the end of the season on the O-line. So for Newman, seeing how he responds to this, he actually was the highest graded offensive lineman the Packers had by Pro Football Focus in the preseason game, albeit it came late against some reserves. This is the chance that he was hoping for, and, and now he's getting a, a shot to show that, hey, maybe in year one he can be that next offensive lineman that plays as a rookie. Yeah, and we should say as well with regard to the offensive line, we found out Saturday night there were 30 players on the Packers' 90-man roster that did not suit up for the game. The vast majority of the starters did not suit up. So what you had on the offensive line was essentially – your number one guys on the interior center, Josh Myers, the rookie, and then the guards that we've been talking about. But then the reserves that tackle in Yash Nyman on the left side and veteran Dennis Kelly on the right side. And I'm not trying to make excuses for guys, but that is a combination essentially that we had not seen during training camp. Because it was a, it was a mixture. Yeah. It was a mixture of the ones and the twos. Um, now, the coaches didn't talk about that because they're looking individually. They still want to see the execution and whatnot. Um, there are obviously some issues with regard to combo blocks and a lot of things that do take some chemistry and some timing and that kind of thing. So those are the things they'll be looking to see improve as things go along. But the other point, though, is that uh, rookie second-round pick Josh Myers at center um, folks, I'd encourage you, check out uh, Larry McCarron's rock report that uh, that is on Packers.com on Myers' uh, debut there in the, in the preseason game. Um, really, no disappointments, no issues as far as, uh, as far as wondering if this young man is going to be the, uh, the week one starter at center. He's the guy. Yeah, he can play. And, you know, Matt LaFleur's already said Elton Jenkins and Billy Turner probably won't play during the preseason. I'd be curious to see how long Myers is out there, too, to be honest with you. It's not to say he's he's not without fault. There was that one play I think he kind of got blown up a little bit early on as a right. guy was able to get into the backfield. But generally speaking, for you know, there's that line that David Bakhtiari said about, okay, you're 6'5", you're 3'10", what, what's wrong with you? Why are you at center? <laughs> are you not a good athlete? No, you could really see his athleticism in this game. And when you're going up against... You know, a lot of reserves. What do you always look for in these games, Mike? It doesn't matter if you're a quarterback, punter, safety, offensive lineman. You want to see guys who dominate the competition because athletically, you, you just are better. You're a cut above. Josh Myers looked a cut above to me in this game. Just the way he moves. Obviously, getting down some of the cadence stuff with Rodgers is going to be huge. But you go back to that screen pass to Hill. The fact that he's able to get out in space, and I love what Larry said in his interview uh, with uh, with Myers after the game, saying, you know, when he taught it back in the day, it was, <laughs> you're not a dancer, so don't dance, you know, don't go dancing with a dancer, right? Yeah. The fact that those guys are a lot quicker, they're a lot faster, just get your body on them. Myers did that, and he ultimately kind of gave him, gave Kylan Hill the block that got him into the end zone. Really talented young man. You can see why this guy was a second round pick. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shifting gears to the defensive side of the ball, the, I, the defense only allowed, and again, it was primarily reserves, the only really projected starter for week one who was in the starting lineup on Saturday night was Chris Barnes. Now, the other one who did play at the beginning of the game was rookie first-round pick Eric Stokes. We're expecting him to certainly be in that mix for a lot of playing time early on as well. But Packers only gave up the one touchdown until 
a second touchdown late in the game. Otherwise, it was field goals. The Texans taking advantage of some good field position because of some good punt returns. Packers had some special teams breakdowns, unfortunately, and the uh, the failed fourth down situations that uh, that gave them good field position. But a few guys that stood out to me, Wes, and I'll get your thoughts here. Um, obviously, Oren Burks, um, real solid game at inside linebacker. KB Ento getting um, an interception and seemed to acquit himself well at uh, at cornerback. And then also T.J. Slayton, the rookie fifth-round pick on the defensive line. Now, I will say with Slayton, I thought early in the game, Slayton and Lancaster, Tyler Lancaster, the veteran from Northwestern, they were were kind of anchoring the middle of the D-line, and Houston seemed to have some trouble running the ball. Then in the second half, when Slayton and Lancaster were still in there, it kind of looked to me like they ran out of gas a little bit. Now this is, you know, you only get so many reps in every practice, and then suddenly they were in a they were in a preseason yeah. game playing, you know, the vast majority of it. So I'm not surprised they got a little tired. Um, this was certainly an opportunity for them to uh, to work on their wind and their and their stamina. I don't know how anybody given just certain training camp practices could go out and play 50 snaps all of a sudden and not get a little bit tired out there as a 300 plus pound individual. But I thought Slayton for his, for his rookie debut in the early going of the game, I thought he really looked like he belonged out there. Yeah. They played Slayton's 46 snaps. I was, I I thought it was about 50. Yeah. 46. I think they played like 70 totally defense. They were in a kind of a jam because they didn't have Kingsley Kiki in the fold yet. He just had got, you know, just getting working his way back. Dean Lowry was down. Kenny Clark was down. So Lancaster ended up being like one of the captains for the game with right. Mason Crosby. And and before we get into Slayton, I just want to say Tyler Lancaster played 10 snaps. Most of them were early on. Tyler Lancaster played like a beast. And that doesn't get said enough because he's just, he is, he's one of those gritty just kind of gap fillers in the defense. But, my God, you need guys like that in your scheme because when King- Kingsley Kiki's down or Kenny Clark is down, you can't just start finding these guys off the street and plugging in 320-pound men. you got to have guys that can play. Tyler Lancaster can play. For T.J. Slayton, though, to go 46 snaps <laughs> at 330 pounds, you know, I-, I think there probably was that conditioning aspect of it. But when he was talking to us last week, he was mentioning how he was really inviting that. He wanted to play. He wanted to be out there. And I also have to throw out a quick hat tip, too, to Jack Heflin as well, the, the rookie out of uh, Iowa. Yeah. So another defensive lineman here. Packers need options. And I thought he's another guy that, that kind of contributed there, had 40 snaps as well in this game. Um, but Slayton, I mean, when you just look at a pure measurable standpoint, you dream of defensive linemen that look like Slayton does. Yeah. And he has to put it together. Jerry Montgomery was saying there's there's things that he has to learn and he has to translate to the football field. But he he is a guy with, with some big paws, and I, I think he has a big future in front of him if he can figure all, all those nuances out of the game. Yeah. What did you think as far as uh, some of these young guys in the defensive backfield? Obviously, Ento had the pick. I thought Vernon Scott, he had a big yeah. uh, pass breakup on, on a third down. Um, you know, the Packers, are, the Packers know who their front-line guys are in the secondary. They really know who their front-line right. guys are across the board with this team other than the, uh, the, the guard situation we've been talking about a lot on offense. But there's, there's a lot of competition here with regard to whether it's going to be roster spots, practice squad spots with a lot of these, uh, a lot of these young guys and, and defensive, the defensive secondary is, uh, um, 
is no exception to that. And uh, and guys like Ento and Scott, I think, got themselves off to a good start here as far as these three preseason games go. I've been high on Vernon Scott since he came out of TCU. I think he's a guy that he was only a one-year starter there, didn't even get a chance to get his pro day. We weren't talking about the scouting comment. The kid couldn't even do his pro day. <laughs> uh, and I really would love, uh, although you don't want to do it now because you don't want anybody tearing their hamstrings, but... I really, it's a shame that we don't have an official 40 time on Vernon Scott. I think he'd really impress some people with that. All that being said, the guy I just asked for an opportunity, he was at his press conference on Tuesday talking about the seventh round 236 pick overall tattoo he got on his left arm. Yeah. That isn't a chip on his shoulder. That's not a motivational technique. He's that proud to be in the National Football League. And he comes from a, re- he has a really interesting backstory down in Texas. And, and I think he plays that way. He's one of the guys that when you hear him speak and you see the way he plays on the field, you can tell how much this whole thing means to him. Now, that being said, that safety competition is really tight. Henry Black worked his way into that midway through last season. He started next to Scott. Will Redmond is coming back from his injury. He's basically sort of been that dime guy here, well, at least he was last season after Raven Green was missing. Um, in Ennis Gaines, uh, speaking of TCU, his former teammate, uh, right. Scott's teammate at TCU, who had a litany of knee injuries and other issues, that kid has made more plays than he hasn't in practice uh, on the scout team. So, yeah, it was a really tight competition for the backfield. Then you got guys like, you know, Shamar Jean Char- John Charles. Now he's trying to defend that backup slot position, uh, that nickel job uh, to Shandon Sullivan. So I thought I thought John um, Charles. There there were a couple of a couple of hesitations, a couple of, you know, maybe rough moments early. I thought the more he played, the more he seemed to kind of settle in. And, and again, it's like I, I'm I'm watching from the press box, and it's like, okay, does this guy look like he belongs yes. on an NFL field? First couple of snaps, you're kind of like, yeah, you know, you're not quite sure. But once he once he settled in, then it's like, yeah, this this guy belongs. Fifth round pick from App State, and uh, I think he's uh, I, I think he's another one of these reserve defensive backs that that the Packers ultimately if anybody goes down anybody gets hurt you know he he's gonna he's gonna have to play yeah and he has you know again he's picking up a new position he played mostly on the perimeter at App State and made a little bit of an adjustment there as last year when I think they put him in more of that showtime kind of star role a little bit uh but that being said I find it really interesting. Green Bay just pointed to him and said, you're, you're going to learn slot. You're going to go learn nickel. That's where we're going to start you. Yeah. Um, and now the other thing is, too, as we go into this Jets game, we had, Kevin King's back in the fold now for Green Bay. So I really w- would love to see Eric Stokes play, You know, whether it's the Jets game or whether it's the Bills. Uh, I think that's a young man that really could use the reps. He's seen Devontae Adams in practice a lot the last couple weeks. Be curious to see what he looks like when he sees more of these guys that are of his similar age and, you know, and uh, you know, not necessarily a four-time Pro Bowl receiver, because uh, I think there's a lot of ability there as well. Yeah. Well, we mentioned the running game. We talked about the the run defense in the second half. Matt Lafleur talked about that uh, not really being up to par, and um, and the Packers still have some issues on special teams. I think it was it was certainly disappointing. For Mo Drayton, nobody said this was going to be easy for Mo Drayton, right? There's, there's a unfortunately a, a long history here of of struggles in this phase of the game, and you know there's there's no final judgment being made after one preseason game. But Packers still have they have their things to work on. They have their issues. A couple of punt returns uh, went against them. Amari Amari Rogers had one 
Nice punt return, but then, you know, muff the one punt by the goal line. You certainly cannot do that. So a lot of things here for the Packers to work on in, you know, really a a key thing in all three phases for the Packers to work on as they go from the first preseason game to the second one. And there are some really well-stable, you know, legitimized special teamers on this roster. Oren Burks, who, again, as we talked about, had a big game defensively. Ty Summers, Vernon Scott was one of the top leading snap guys. They did lose Randy Ramsey, but, you know, Will yep. Redmond is back. Yep. There are a lot of guys that are pretty well regarded on these special teams units. So while most of them weren't involved in some of these errors on special teams, the reason my antenna went up is that's the standard. If you want to carve out a roster spot, if you want to be able to earn a spot on those core four, you got to perform. So whether it's the jammers, whether it's the gunners, whether it's the inline guys, as they mentioned, one of the blocks uh, kind of coming loose on the J.K. Scott punt that sort of rushed the effort. Guys have to step up. If you want to earn a roster spot, if you want to be on that team when they travel to New Orleans, you have to do that because there are known quantities on the special teams unit. In addition to the changes they're trying to make, they've also made a commitment to some of those guys. The Burkses, the Summers, the guys that they know. Okay, you can play them anywhere. They know the scheme. They're going to be accountable. Because at the end of the day, as, as cool as the explosive plays are, as neat as it is to talk about a kickoff return or a fake field goal or what have you, you just need to be consistent. You can't be yeah. gashed. And, you know, the, obviously they had the one punt come loose. That was corrected. Ryan Winslow was also let go. So they got to make another step forward. And, and I think there's going to be a chance to really kind of reset themselves here against the Jets and hopefully put a better foot forward. Yeah, Packers are looking for looking for those guys who are going to to join those core guys on special teams and and get things turned around in that phase of the game. So with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of training camp. It continues every single day on packers.com for West. I'm Mike. Thanks for tuning in everybody. See you next time.